0: Hi, I'm Lydia.
1: And I'm Ryan. And we are Two Gingers Gingers on on the run. Run. Join us on a series of wild expeditions by motorcycle.
0: This season, we're exploring Scotland.
1: Let's ride. So we just pulled into a little town on the west coast of Scotland. We're about 45 minutes from where we're gonna sleep tonight. Now we've been driving along some water. It looks like an inlet. Scotland's full of them it's dark
0: outside it's getting cold
1: it's it's really cold yeah i didn't expect this as we were coming into town there were cars and a bus lined up along the side of the road and we were pretty curious to find out why so uh we went over and and word is that there's an accident up ahead and the road's closed so seems like it's a good time to do some recording lydia let's catch up what have we been doing today
0: uh, well, we've been riding some pretty sweet motorcycles through the Scottish countryside. Uh, today yeah. is day one of a 10-day motorcycle expedition through Scotland, and we've been planning this trip for months. Uh, we rolled into Edinburgh this morning uh, to pick up our bikes, uh, well, actually a little tiny town just outside of Edinburgh called Dalkeith, and uh, we have these really sweet adventure bikes. They're BMW F700 GSs. Um, just like kind of a dream to ride. It's like riding a cloud. Um, but we're both short on sleep at this point. Like I came in from a work trip in Portugal and Ryan, you came in from San Francisco. and We've both been up for like 24, 30, I guess is something, a, a lot of hours.
1: Yeah, I, I skipped a sleep cycle on purpose so that I could sleep on the plane. And then didn't sleep on the plane. So I've I've been without sleep for far too long. And it's really starting to weigh on me. And I'm feeling it while I'm driving. So I'm looking forward to getting some sleep. And we're so close. But what are we going to do about this road closure? Um, I checked the map. And there is another way. But it's another couple of hours driving through small, twisty... Cold roads in the dark, and and given how tired we are, I don't think going back into the hills is a smart idea right now. Yeah, it's our first day, new bikes, uh, doesn't seem smart. Um, so what do you say we just drive down to the road closure and and talk to the guy? I mean okay. we've got we've got bikes bikes are smaller than cars a lot of times even if the road is closed for cars but bikes can sneak by so maybe he'll just let us through
0: yeah i mean we could definitely let's let's ask
1: and and if he says no let's drive through anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's go Well, that didn't work. <laughs> uh, so the security guy at the roadblock wasn't really into negotiating. Um, I think I'm, I've just spent too much time in the developing wor- world. I'm used to rules being pretty fluid. doesn't seem like they're as fluid here. Uh, but he says it'll be at least a few hours. Um, Let's check this town out. See what see, see what's here.
0: Yeah, so we are parked across the street from the George Hotel, which looks pretty cool. Um, it seems like uh, there's some pretty good music happening inside, which is rad. Let's go dancing. drinking tea and listening to music. Uh, Ryan was dancing with the daughter of the musician. Some spectacular moves on both parts. Um, and yeah, I, w-
1: I wouldn't have been dancing with her, if I was just drinking tea. Okay, let's be honest.
0: There, there, yeah, you had a small beer. <laughs> I had tea. Um, so you're catching a breather right now. So I feel like now is a really good time to talk about why the heck we're even here.
1: Lydia, the name of our podcast is Two Gingers on the Run. What are we running from?
0: Banality, <laughs> uh, mediocrity. Um, but I think we're we're not just running from something. I think we're also running to something.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's it's like running from what I know.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And running towards the the unknown. I'm really interested in things that I don't know, don't understand. Um, And I mean, even our experience in the military is probably a really good example of this. I remember the first time I considered going to war. (laughs) I had no idea what to expect, but I still kind of felt pulled. Yeah. I wanted to at least see what it was like. Um, and you, I imagine that was the, the same for you. But you got started pretty early.
0: Yeah, I uh, my my first kind of solo travel was when I went to Papua New Guinea. I turned 13 years old in Papua New Guinea. I spent a month there, um, and I I went there on a mission trip to build a hospital. So I spent a lot of days shoveling river rocks into the bottom of these dugout canoes. <laughs> um, ended up uh, on on this uh, dugout canoe. And there was Simon the crocodile hunter who just had these huge crocodile skulls lined up outside of his hut and he would jump into the water with an axe and like kill these things. <laughs> or hatchet, I guess, not an axe. Um and so yeah, just a totally wild, like formative experience. And um I, I think I came back just like this old soul, like a, a lot less interested in the things that other 13 and 14 year old girls were interested in. And um, yeah, just changed.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't make the connection until just now. I, the first time I ever left the country was when I was 13.
0: Oh, really? Where'd you go?
1: Um, my uncle was buying a boat in Sweden and he flew me out there my uncle worked for microsoft in the 80s and he was on the team that invented the mouse and so he got to spend a lot of time on boats later in his life and i got to fly out and meet him in sweden when he picked up this boat and i didn't didn't see any crocodile hunters surprisingly (laughs) um but the the story that my uncle always tells is the the first time on a beach in denmark when there were a bunch of topless women (laughs) <laughs> roaming the beaches and my, my, I came back pretty changed um, and I, that's kind of tongue in cheek but really like it was very formative my world opened up I grew up in a small town and I was, by the time I was 13 I was pretty unhappy there but I don't think I really had the vision or the energy to change anything I didn't know that I could and when I came back from that trip it took about a week before I'd moved to my dad's place and started a new school and uh, everything was suddenly different.
0: I feel like I understand you a lot better after after hearing that story. Actually, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's good.
1: So I I imagine your experience in Marine Corps must have been pretty formative too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a lot I could say about the Marine Corps, but like I would say specific to kind of solo travel as an adult, I would say that. Um, My first experience uh, of traveling alone internationally as an adult was um, I was 22 years old and I had been in the Marine Corps for a few years and I volunteered to go to Afghanistan um, as an individual augment so I wasn't part of a unit. I was just going to deploy alone and, and join a unit that was over there. I remember writing my will. And I had like almost nothing to give to leave behind, uh, except like a car and like some Bath and Body Works lotions, <laughs> which I, which I figured I should include. Who'd you, you give know? them to? Oh, them my to? sisters, okay. you know. Yeah. And so uh, my my seven sisters. And so. Um, I, but it was still like, even though I didn't have a lot to, to bequeath it was still like a pretty sobering experience and I thought, gosh, like this could be a real a real thing, like if I if I die, like what's one place I have to see before I go? And I was like Scotland, the land of my ancestors so I I booked a ticket to Scotland and I spent two weeks um, hiking through the Scottish Highlands and just exploring um, some of the places that I hope we get to see again this trip. Um <clears throat> but not seeing enough either, you know, uh, but still having such a great time. And I think, like, when I came back, I was I was calm. I was ready to go. I felt prepared and, like, ready for what was ahead. And and that was my experience of kind of using travel as a tool to prepare for um, what I thought might be uh, my last trip. So...
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I remember right before I went to Afghanistan thinking about, all right, what am I going to do if my leg gets blown off? <laughs> <laughs> that would, that, I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't go forward with that question unanswered. Mm-hmm. I had to have. Okay, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And and when I came is back, is that the
0: most planning you've ever done in your life? Yeah,
1: that was it. I mean, I was thinking like a good ways out. Yeah. That was that was tough, That's but good. I did it. And and when I got out of Afghanistan uh, in 2012, yeah. I realized how much my mind and my brain had been molded by Mm. my experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, but the military kind of to an extreme degree. And so I I felt pulled to travel and I ended up in India Mm. uh, for what was supposed to be just a few weeks and then turned into three months.
0: Yeah. This is one of my favorite stories about you because I feel like... Yeah, this is, like, the core of who you are when I hear this story.
1: Yeah, well, my, my friend from university, Shivani, had invited me to come visit. And I didn't really intend to go to India, but I had to I had to go visit her if I was going to go travel. And I got there, and she introduced me to some guys, some Indian guys. Uh, one of them was named GPS <laughs> and Rajan and Ankur. And these guys uh, uh, told me about this road that goes through the Himalayas to this place in the north of India called Ladakh and it was a a Buddhist sanctuary
0: Mm.
1: and uh, I hadn't didn't really have a clear plan for what I was going to do in India until I talked to them and then it became immediately clear I had to ride to Ladakh (laughs) (laughs) Um, but first I I had to figure out something to do for because I'd only budgeted for a few weeks Uh, I had to find something to do in the meantime. So I I went to this place called Varanasi and taught photography for a nonprofit for for a month. And I think that's where I really started to realize what this trip was doing for me. Um, Going to a place that's completely unlike the environment that you've lived in and just being there and experiencing it and seeing how people live completely differently but still manage to get by um, was, was incredibly impactful on me. And I think I came back from this trip uh, understanding that it was okay for me to challenge kind of what my beliefs were,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to step outside of those patterns that I had in my own life. And, um, and then it, that really came, came to a head when I started riding over the Himalayas on this motorcycle lotto. Uh, Lotto was a sturdy bike, but she had really unreliable electronics. And through the landslides and the snowstorms and 18,000-foot passes, um, there were a lot of times when I, I fell over or my bike died, and I just thought, all right, here's the thought that I have. I'm afraid, but let's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah. And everything worked out. <laughs> I got up to Ladakh, and I went to the internet cafe and emailed GPS and Roger and said, guys, you got to help me. <laughs> I can't go back through there. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd been at the top of a 17,000 foot pass in a snowstorm with a bike laying on top of me, thinking that I had a broken leg. And uh, so I was a little bit scared. But I, I rode back. I made it back. And the way back was way easier. Went through all the same places, and in the sun, they were just absolutely beautiful. They were stunning. Um, but yeah, solo travel uh, has has is a big part of who I am today, and I'm I'm really excited that we're doing this.
0: I think we're doing something obviously way different than solo travel, though. I mean, we've got a couple of purposes on this trip, and uh, one of them, I mean, the the kind of uh, the big vision here is really to to do a two continent trip from uh, Alaska down to Argentina. So North and South America. And um, I I love that uh, as the ultimate goal. And we're here testing out a couple of theories. One, like, can we actually travel together? Uh, Which could be interesting.
1: um as they say here in Scotland. Yeah. Um...
0: I think this is a big question because like you and I are fundamentally like pretty... we're like in a lot of ways, but we're also like fundamentally pretty different. Yeah. Um I, I think like I I I love you and I think you are you are spontaneous and unstructured. Which brings us to a lot of really beautiful experiences. Um but also makes it a little challenging to plan,
1: Yes. I would say. Yes, and Lydia, I love you. And you're very good at getting things done and planning them out, but you're highly structured. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And when we don't have a clear plan or things start to get kind of unclear, I'm not sure how you're going to respond, so I'm I'm really curious to see how this goes. Yeah. I think we have the potential to work through it because yeah. we trust each other. Yeah. And I can say something to you like, "Hey, that annoys me," yeah. or like, yeah. "Hey, what can we do about that?" Yeah. Um, and you don't get mad. <laughs> you just like tell me that I'm a pain in the ass, and I don't
0: and, think I've ever
1: actually said that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's just my I own have. head. Yeah. But I think we're going to do it. And then we're going to realize that we can go from Alaska to the southern tip of South America. Yeah. And then we're going to figure out how to make it happen. But anyways, here we are
0: in the George Hotel. George Hotel. And real fast, I think the second goal... Back to structure. Sorry, but like the second goal we're trying to accomplish here is to figure out like a sustainable way of storytelling, right? Because, um, I like the like blogging is great, and I love to write, but it's also super time-consuming. And I think our goal here is like we don't want to carry a lot of gear. Uh, we don't have to worry about photography except for our phones. Um, we just want to find a way of storytelling that we can keep doing. And, you know, even at the end of a long day, um, what do we say? How do our, how do we share our experiences? And it seems like podcasting is the right way to go just because it's what we do already, which is like, uh, just have conversations and, and, and talk and share stories. And, um, so I feel like, I feel like the answer to both of these questions is going to be, Yes we can travel together and yes we can tell you know like this is this is the way for us to uh, share our stories but I guess we'll wait and see. Mm. Okay, it's one o'clock in the morning, it's freaking frigid outside, it's dark, and we are by the barricade again at the edge of town.
1: We've been here for uh, three and a half yeah. hours, Yeah. and we've, we've got another option, we could get back on the bikes and turn around go back the other way about two hours out of our way. Yeah. But that's not sounding very good. They've been saying it's going to open up in the next hour for about three and a half, four hours. Somebody went
0: through, like, two hours ago to, like, sweep up, like, literally broom off the road. And I don't know why they're, uh, like, not back since it's only, like, 15 minutes ahead. I mean, I, I literally offered to go and take a broom and, like, finish the job because... I think I'm a fast sweeper. I don't know if these... I'm I'm being a little... But, like, are these guys getting paid by the hour? Like, I'm not sure what's what's happening.
1: Well, you know, that, that pub back there was rated the best pub in Scotland. They probably didn't get that by letting people just pass through the town willy-nilly.
0: This is a conspiracy? Is that what you're saying?
1: I mean, the guy that's blocking the road, he's not a policeman.
0: That's... Yeah... He's he but he looks official, he's got a vest on. He so. does
1: have a shiny Trust vest. Trust the vest. But I saw a shiny vest in the store back there. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Oh man. I don't know what's going on.
0: Anyway, we're we're gonna kill time here by the barricade. Hopefully it's not too much longer. I literally have cripped hand because my hands are so cold. uh fortunately we've got heated grips. <laughs> So if we if we need to ride through this, I'll, you know we'll sur- we'll be able to pull on the clutch and brake. But
1: yeah, we're probably yeah. gonna survive.
0: <laughs> yeah, killing time, killing time.
1: All right, Lydia. You want the good news or the bad news?
0: Oh, man. Let's do bad first so I can cheer up later.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, the good news is pretty short. I'm just, I am just feel like I should just, just get that, that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The yeah. so good news, we're eight and a half hours in our trip, mm-hmm. and we made it to Tarbert.
0: Eight and a half hours into a three-hour trip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here in Tarbert. And we're across the street from Marine Bistro.
0: Marine Bistro!
1: (laughs) And we're at a harbor, and it looks really pretty.
0: But it's dark, and I just want to go inside and have shelter. And my phone is dead, and my phone, with the directions to the Airbnb that we're going to, uh, my phone is not taking a charge, which is a real bummer, Uh, yeah. And you can't find Wi-Fi.
1: We've got ideas
0: sleep under the stars slash rain
1: yeah go board one of these boats in the harbor
0: yeah and we could do
1: that
0: yeah uh gosh keep riding
1: (laughs) (laughs) just ride back through yeah go back to the, the george there's
0: literally like nothing open like nothing 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 open here
1: yeah well we're gonna go uh i think what we're gonna do is go find wi-fi somewhere yeah one of these places, doesn't have a password, and left the Wi-Fi on. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh. <laughs> Made it. Oh, we found Wi-Fi. Got
0: into the Starfish Hotel.
1: Yeah, and and Hugh, the innkeep, seems a little <laughs> upset at our late arrival, but we've got cute twin beds to dive into.
0: Yeah, with these cozy, cozy Scottish duvets. Not yeah. About it. Uh, I still gotta bring in some of my gear. Uh.
1: Did you see that coffee machine out there?
0: Yeah, coffee in the morning. Coffee in the morning. Uh, we we made it. Uh, so that's good. It's a long night. Yeah, could not have predicted this day. Yeah, it's a good first ride. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, kicking it off with adventure, which is what we wanted anyway, so. Yeah,
1: we stayed riverside down, shiny side up. (laughs) Okay, I'm
0: going to sleep. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to grab my stuff and, uh, go to sleep.
1: Thanks for listening to the first episode.
0: On the next episode, we'll visit Laphroaig and the peat bogs of Isla.
1: For pictures, blogs, and access to all the rest of our episodes, visit 2gingersontherun.com.